Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we hear about how God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. We're excited you've joined us. Here's our host, Brett Marani. For the second week in a row, I've got a true Texan on the line with me, my longtime friend, Jimmy Daniel. Jimmy, welcome back to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. It's great to be back, Brett. So now when I say true Texan, Jimmy, if I remember correctly, you were born and raised in Texas. I was, yes. I was born in McAllen, Texas, far south Texas, about six miles from the Mexico border. And uh, my parents were school teachers. And so they, when I was six months old, we moved to Bay City, Texas, just south of Houston. Grew up in Bay City, and the formative years of my life were spent in Bay City. And went to, to First Baptist Church there. And were you a part of the Bay City Rollers? Uh, you know, that's a different Bay City. <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> I did bowl occasionally, so you know, uh, but I was never on a team. That would be a great name for a bowling team from Bay City. But uh, yeah, it was small town, fifteen thousand people. Major industry was a nuclear power plant, and very much, I guess, uh, an all-American kind of background in terms of the town itself. My dad was a coach, and so I, I attended uh, a lot of football games, a lot of track meets, a lot of basketball tournaments. He he did a little bit of everything. Uh, coached in uh, junior high, so I love sports. I've always loved sports. Summers we spent at a little public golf course called Old Ocean Recreation Club, which was uh, hilarious. Uh, you paid fifty dollars to join. And then six dollars a month for all the golf and swimming you wanted. So interesting. I'm aging myself. I'm dating myself too. And so somewhere along it, the way, golf became your sport, right? It did. Yeah, those summers with Dad playing golf when I was young. Never had any formal lessons, but just loved being with Dad. So it was more about I think having that time with Dad. He he was so busy as a coach during the school year. That we we really treasured our time during the summers, and um, and I fell in love with golf. I love golf, and have always loved golf. Still do. I wish I played more now, but but uh, yeah, that was a major part of my life in high school. Uh, really thought one day, yeah, surely I'm going to be on the pro golf tour. I'm going to be on the PGA tour, but uh, never happened. And uh, I uh, did pretty well in in high school. I uh, got to college and realized hey, these guys are really good. And um, in fact, it was part of that experience of realizing golf was not going to be my life that refocused me on what I'm doing now, which is an associate pastor at a church, hopefully being a being a help to the people that I have influence in. So now you, you use uh, the word refocus that mm-hmm. so that implies a part of the story we didn't get to hear yet, but I'd like for us to kind of go back to. Mm-hmm. those formative years for you and say, so your parents were followers of Jesus and took you to church yeah. or what, what's the story there? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, you know, small town, first Baptist church kind of life. I grew up in church and was, was obviously exposed to a lot of, a lot of Jesus and a lot of, of life. My dad was a deacon. My mom was the church librarian. So we, uh, we lived and breathed church of course, early I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I just had a relationship with a lot of knowledge about Jesus. And when I was 10 years old, my dad had quit coaching by that time, and he was teaching elementary school PE 
And I was in the hallway, and uh, the person next to me in line was horse playing a little bit. So I kind of, he, he grabbed my cap, and I, I grabbed it back. His name was Mark Barrett. I still remember Mark grabbing my cap. And, and anyway, I got in trouble. The, the uh, girl's PE teacher ratted on me uh, to my dad, who was the boy's PE teacher. And uh, back then, uh, you you took SWATs whenever uh, you got in trouble. So dad gave me SWATs for something I didn't think I deserved. Um, I didn't deserve those particular I probably deserved deserved them for something else I did, but not for that. And uh, I was mad. I went home. I usually walked home with dad. We lived across the street from the elementary school. And that particular day, I just ran home after after school. He came in about 30 minutes later. And he said, hey, why didn't you walk home with me? And I, you know, I was teary-eyed by then, you know, really upset that he had embarrassed me in front of my friends. That's kind of how I felt. And I told him what happened. And then he did something that probably was the critical moment in my early spiritual life. He said, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry, son. I shouldn't have done that. And I should have asked questions before I took action. And I apologize for that. And, and I just remember, I could see how much it hurt my dad that I was hurt. And he, he went on to say, we, we were having a conversation, and he said, you know, that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He took punishment that he didn't deserve. And it was the first time that that, that resonated with me, mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. it became personal. Wow. And I started crying, and, and my dad asked, do you, do you want to invite Jesus into your life right now? And I said, yes. And so that was the beginning of my walk with Christ, was my dad leading me to Jesus uh, in my bedroom as a 10-year-old. Wow. That's fabulous. To see the grace of God so clearly illustrated by something you've just gone through that day. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was overwhelming. It's still overwhelming to think about it now. But, and, and the wisdom of your um, dad to take and turn that into a gospel moment is just, it, it really touches me. That's great. Yeah, it was. And he, you know, if you looked at dad, he was, um, he was a man of integrity, but not an outspoken kind of person who's always uh, verbalizing his faith. He was very, very quiet. But with me that day, you know, he, you know, through the Holy Spirit's leadership, saw that opportunity, I think, to help me understand what it was that Jesus did. And it, it was, it was personal and, and it was real. And uh, so, yeah, that was the beginning of my, my walk with Christ. You know, Jimmy, the other thing I love about that story is how it it didn't highlight your dad being this great hero in righteousness, except for through the righteousness of his humility to apologize. It, it was through his weakness that the love of Christ shone through to you by him apologize. Just think if he'd have been, you know, proud or not taken that soft approach and said, hey, I was wrong. And and I think that's a just a great example of how as believers, as followers of Jesus, we give Jesus the platform. We focus the attention on him, that he is the Savior, and that you know we're, we're blowing it. <laughs> we mess it up a lot. Not that your dad messed it up a lot, but here's a case where he, he owned his, his mistake. Yeah. And I, you, know, as a, you know, as a father myself, I know how hard that is to do, to look your kids in the face and say, you know, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, daughter. It's one of the hardest things we as parents do, I think, is, is have to come in humility to our our kids and and be honest and real with them 
but I think it's the best thing you can do as a parent uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's also probably one of the most powerful things we can do for our children is show them our weakness yep. and acknowledge our sin. Because here, the truth of the matter is, they see it. They know it. And nothing's going to repel yep. them more from the gospel than hypocrisy. And I, I just think that our kids know the truth. It's better for us to be honest. They see who we really are. They see when we really, really, really mess up and when we're really being authentic and, and truly loving the Lord and doing as we ought to do. They see the truth. It's best that we're honest yep. with them about it. So great, great right. job by your dad on that. So you became a follower of Christ, and I guess you were baptized soon thereafter? or I was. Uh, a couple of months later, um, I was baptized. All my friends were getting baptized. I didn't want to get baptized with them. So uh, <laughs> I held off and wanted to make sure, too, that it, you know, because I saw some of them having wrong motivations for being baptized, and, I, I, and I'm not going to be one of those, those folks. Hmm. So um, I waited, and um, we were having the Lord's Supper in the, in the evening service that particular Sunday, and I knew that I wanted to participate in the Lord's Supper because I was now a believer. So I forward and was baptized that night, which was a week before Easter in 1970. So, okay, wow. um, yep, that was a formative time. I, you know, I'm like, I was like a lot of kids that, you know, in a church, I, I, you know, continued to go, grow, go and grow and uh, gain in knowledge. But, uh, not really grow spiritually at that point. You know, I think there's maturity levels, human maturity levels that kind of correspond sometimes with our spiritual maturity levels. And kind of played the game a little bit of Christianity in high school. I was on the golf team, uh, did some things I, you know, not so not so proud of during those years. Not reflecting the faith that I had. I never doubted my faith after that experience of salvation, but I definitely. Uh, sowed a few wild oats in high school and was still kind of playing the the church game on one side and the world's game on the other side, attracted to both in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I had a college roommate that got in my face my freshman year and said, Jimmy, you got to make a choice. Are you, you know, are you for Jesus or do you need to go the way of the world? And I, you know, he just, he said, don't, you know, don't play games with God, either be all in or, or be all out. And he, he was very forceful. And I, I listened, you know, it hit me, it hit me really hard that I had to make a choice. I had to continue to follow Christ or walk away. And, and I, I made that decision then. And again, I think I knew it was the, the right thing to do to follow Jesus on a day-to-day basis and not follow the ways of the world. But, you know, you're, you're a kid, you're tempted, and I succumbed to that temptation like a, a lot of folks do. But it was in college when I really started growing in my faith. And that particular guy took me under his wing and discipled me for a year. He just walked with me through life, showed me what it was to truly have a prayer life and to study God's Word. It made an, an incredible impact in my life. And ultimately became the best man at my wedding a few years oh, wow. down the road. But uh, yeah, those college years were fun. And you know, I, I mentioned golf. I, I tried out for the college golf team. And I did well enough that I got playing privileges my freshman year, but I never got to play in any tournament. And uh, then I, my sophomore year, they had the play-in tournament again, and they would uh, every year they'd give one walk-on scholarship out of the 10 that they had. It's partial scholarship, but you were on the team if you got that scholarship. And so um, I, I was playing in a 54-hole tournament to do that. And I was leading the tournament the second day. And at, and at that particular time in my life, God began 
really working in me that I had to let go of those things that controlled me. And golf was one of those things that controlled me. And I was not the same person on the golf course as I was everywhere else. And I realized that, but I was, it was, it was this hypocrisy that I was involved in on the golf course. I, you know, I had, and it was one of those things I had to let go of. And I think in order for God to get full control of me, and he did. And I walked after nine holes of that in the second round, I walked up to the golf coach and said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And he said, what? You know, he said, you're probably leading the tournament. You know, of course, we didn't know exactly who's leading the tournament at that time. But he said, you're probably leading the tournament. You know, what, what's the deal? And I told him, you know, I said, I've been struggling. I need to give God all of my life. And golf is one area of my life that I haven't given God. Of course, he didn't understand that uh, at the time. But I walked away and didn't play golf again for, I don't know, several months because it had such a control on, on my life. Yeah. So, when it, you know, I was in a group this week and we were looking at 23rd Psalm. Um, and we, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as we were talking about this, the idea of shepherd, there's always somebody shepherding our life or something shepherding our life. It sh- It should be as believers. It should be. Uh, Jesus himself, but mm-hmm. for so many of us, it's something else a lot of times. And if we look, we'll say, my work is is my shepherd. My family is my shepherd. It can, be, you know, good things can be our shepherd that are not the best thing to be our shepherd. And so I think for me, I learned that lesson pretty early through that experience on uh, trying out for the college golf team. It's a great testimony. Uh, you went on to, I guess. Not too long after that, you met Sue and I did. Got married, started your family, and and went to seminary. Yeah, went to seminary. Felt because of what happened to me in college, I felt called to college ministry. And, uh, did that for twenty three years, and uh, have now been serving here at Crestview in Midland, Texas, for the last uh, fourteen years. And your role so, at Crestview is officially titled. I'm the associate pastor, which means I wear all the hats nobody else wants to wear. So, <laughs> You're the jack of all <laughs> trades. I am. I am. You can preach, uh, you can visit, you can help lead and organize and plan and do all that. It's a blessing. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and, and tell us your story. I certainly uh, appreciate the opportunity. So excited to be a part of your, your podcast. So excited for what, what God's doing through your life and, and through this through this podcast. And um, certainly remember some great times we had really for a brief segment in each of our lives. Right. Uh, yet very, very memorable times. And uh, love you, brother. And I love you too, uh-huh. Jimmy. I really appreciate that. And I will say, you did. We were only together for I don't know how many months. When did you take that job in Odessa? I was trying to think about that this week because it was between my freshman. Um, you know, it was my sophomore year. It was uh, fall of nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So we I, that was just one semester. Did you arrive in June or July? Uh, yeah. Actually, I think I came. At the very end of May. So that yeah. makes sense because I just felt like it was more than like two and a half months of one semester yeah. that we. I didn't think. Knew each other. Yeah, I don't think. I think in some fall and spring semesters. I don't think in <laughs> summer. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, but that's true. So it was, it was, you know, a good six months. Then this just shows you how someone can have an impact, and I'm going to brag on you. It seemed, <laughs> it seemed like, as I, in my mind. In the history of my mind, it seems like it was much longer because your impact yep. on me was so great. And I really appreciate that. And that's why here we are, what, 34 years later, 
and I'm calling you up and asking you to be on my podcast. So, Jimmy, yeah. thank you for investing yeah. me when I was 19 years old. My privilege, Brad, and it's, um, it's great to hear how God is using you in ministry today. Oh, thank you. That's encouragement to me. So, all right. Thanks for coming on, Jimmy. God bless. You bet. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.